Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd. Hello, 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 friends. It is me, your host, Nick, on another episode of Nick's Nerd News. It is April 21st. 2021 and i cannot believe at just how fast time is flying by it is flying by in in a wild and crazy way plus it at my job things are like very busy we're in season if uh i don't like my job is pool industry so it's you know everybody's starting to swim again uh, not today, here where we are. It was raining today of all days. It's very strange, very odd. But, but no matter, no matter. Let's, let's just keep on trucking along, shall we? Hey, if you're new to the show, welcome. Happy to have you. If you've been here all along, welcome back. Love everyone. Love my fans. We gotta come up with a nickname for you guys, huh? You guys come up with it, not me. It's for you. I don't know. I don't care. All tens of you, right? <laughs> no, I'm sure there's more. You guys are great. I love it. Anyway, you know, hey, like, share, subscribe, poke, prod, throw, paste. I don't know what you guys do. Just do whatever, man. Happy to have you. Happy to have you. Let's uh, let's skip the rest of the pleasantries as, as we normally would and just go right into what's what's going on in the world, huh? What's going on in the world? And as always, we start with what's going on in the video game world. Well, shall we? Hey, how about this? Ubisoft announced that they will take part in E3 and their uh, Ubisoft Forward event, which I thought was going to come a lot sooner, uh, will take place on June 12th, Sunday, June 12th. Uh, so look out for that. I'm sure they'll announce a lot of new stuff and then give a recap on stuff they've already talked about that we haven't heard about in a while. So keep an eye out for that as we get more and more E3 announcements as we get closer and closer to June. Anyway, let's keep moving forward, shall we? Resident Evil 4 is getting a VR edition. It's going to be in first person and will be on Oculus Quest 2. So if you have an Oculus Quest 2 and you like Resident Evil, you'll get to play it in VR. Uh, this also happened during like a whole Resident Evil showcase and they also announced uh three upcoming demos for resident evil 8 the first one was this past weekend uh the next one is in a couple weeks and then another one in may so keep out an eye out for that if you guys are really interested in resident evil village or resident evil 8 so all that happened they did some other stuff for like the new movie and multiplayer so if you guys are really interested in in, in resident evil all that stuff is available online to view um so a big rumor was floating around last week that uh, Square Enix was possibly looking to be sold? Well, those were all rumors and hearsay. Square quickly shot that down. Uh, a lot of people thought Sony might step in and buy them, but no, that that is that is not happening according to Square. They are not being sold. They are not looking to sell. They are not looking to be purchased or anything like that. So do not buy into... The hype, the speculation, the rumor, Square Enix will not be selling anytime soon. So, 
as much as people would like them to be purchased by Sony, some people throw through Microsoft around, it's not going to happen. So just keep that in mind. We got new NPD sales results for last month, and now it is confirmed Mario Kart 8 is the best-selling racing game in history. So that includes the Wii U version and the Nintendo Switch version. And uh, like I said, this is per NPD group. It has surpassed Mario Kart Wii, which was released back in 2008. Um, no exact sales numbers are known, but at least it uh, we know it has sold at least 8.45 million units globally as of September 30th, 2020. And Mario Kart 8 release uh sorry so that was the wii u version that released in 2014 and then uh, mario kart 8 deluxe was released in 2017 and as of december 31st 2020 sold 33.41 million units globally that's wild so before that mario kart wii had sold 37.38 million units as of september last year so now it's hit hit up to 41.86 million globally. That's wild. But it still isn't a total amount of what Wii Sports sold as of last September at 82.9 million units worldwide. That is crazy. That's wild. And Wii Sports is in the top five of most sold games. Mainly, didn't they come with the Wii? I don't know. I never had a Wii. So Mario Part, Mario Kart 8, best-selling racing game in U.S. history. Of all games, of all racing games, it's Mario Kart 8. Damn. Damn. Moving on. Uh, also per NPD Group, the PlayStation 5 is now the fastest-selling console in U.S. history in both unit and dollar sales. So we reported dollar sales was a couple weeks ago, and now... Uh, so a month ago, sorry, was the fastest-selling console in dollar sales... Now it's in units. I don't know how that even makes sense because nobody can get their fucking hands on one. Even though N Nintendo Switch has still sold more, uh, video game sales are up year over year over year, which is wild to me. The, the fact that people can't even get these consoles and, and they're somehow breaking records again is, is still... I, I don't understand. That doesn't compute to me. It's like, if people can't get them, how is it breaking records? Like... Are we going to factor in that a, a bunch of them were fucking sold to scalpers and shit? So, I, I I don't understand. How? how how I get they're selling a lot. But, I, I guess fastest selling, I still, no one can get them. So very confused. I know maybe three people that have them out of the ten that have tried. So, I, I just... I don't know, man. I don't know. I get it. I get it, and I don't get it at the same time. So, uh, Amazon has faced another major hit to their gaming venture. They have seemingly canceled their Lord of the Rings MMO. And this is per Bloomberg. Shout out to Drayson Schreier, who just, you know, knows all. And so... I guess uh, they were working on it at Amazon Game Studios along with China-based Layu Technologies Holdings. Uh, Tencent bought them in, in twenty last year. So, apparently Amazon and Tencent had a fight over contract negotiations, and they're going to cancel the game now. I don't know, Amazon has the money to make it themselves, so 
I guess because Tencent bought Layu, they weren't able to, uh, this is quote, been unable to secure terms to proceed with this title at this time, unquote. And I guess they're going to shift them to other projects. And Amazon's pissed about it. And they said, quote, we love the Lord of the Rings IP and are disappointed that we won't be bringing this game to the customers, unquote. Uh, yeah, you could. You could just, you know, not have to work with China on it, bud. But another canceled project from Amazon. I, I don't think they're ever going to release a game at this point. Like, I mean, they made what? I mean, the, the Luna's out, so there's that. But other than that, I, they haven't really done anything. And it's like they've spent all this money on studios. There's, there's a, they had a studio or two here in San Diego, actually. And it, it just, it looks like it's just a failed venture by Amazon, which almost rivals the, what Google did with the, you know, with the Stadia, which is kind of fading into obscurity at this point. And I, I foresee the Luna doing the, a similar thing. I, I don't really hear much about the Luna, so can't really comment on it per se, but we'll see. I just... I don't understand why a company with that kind of money just doesn't fucking do it themselves. They don't really need backers, if you will. Who knows? Psychonauts 2 is now allegedly playable internally. Uh, Double Fine announced, and it should release this year. I know a lot of people, a lot of people are waiting for this game. A lot of people are big fans of Tim Schafer and Double Fine. Hell, a lot of us grew up on on his LucasArts playing uh, uh, point-and-click games in the 90s, so... Everything that Double Fine has put out has been almost gold, and everyone's been waiting a long time for Psychonauts 2, and luckily that that is going to be out very soon. Uh, when I say very soon, I mean 2021, because I everything's a, a crap sh- shoot at this point, if you ask me. But that's what's going on over at Double Fine. Um, also announced this week, Xbox Cloud Gaming Betas have been announced for both Apple iOS devices and PC. Uh, they did start yesterday. And uh, limited beta for Windows 10 and Apple phones and tablets for in web browsers um, can have gone out to select Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members. And um, I guess you can sign up and you'll be able to play over 100 Xbox Game Pass titles through Edge, Chrome, or Safari on xbox.com play. And it's a limited beta. It's for time testing and learning. Um, more players will be invited uh, over the next uh, few months in all 22 supported countries. And it, this way they can get it in more hands and test things out. Uh, you can play with a compatible Bluetooth or USB controller. And uh, there's also touch, touch controls for over 50 games. And it, it has to do to... Uh, it's only on a browser on, on iOS devices because of their App Store restrictions, which uh, why you know Epic is suing them and everything like that. Um, so this used to be called Project X Cloud, if you guys weren't aware. Um, it, it is available on Android phones currently and hasn't gone away. So uh, if you guys want to be a part of that, I think you can start looking into it or signing up. Uh, but it is now available in beta form for some users on iOS devices and PCs. Um, and switching gears back here. Speaking of switching gears, Sony has announced 
that they have reversed their decision to close the PS Vita and PlayStation 3 stores. And they are going to keep them open. Uh, they posted this on the PlayStation blog. And they said they were going to close them in July uh, and August, respectively. But now, in a letter to the community, uh, Jim Ryan said, quote, clear that we made the wrong decision here, unquote. Uh, they will continue to leave on, live on. PSP, though, will still close in July. Um, Jim Ryan went on to say, quote, when we initially came to the decision to end purchasing support for PS3 and PS Vita, it was born out of a number of factors, including commerce support, challenges for older devices, and the ability for us to focus more of our resources on newer devices where a majority of our gamers are playing on. We see now that many of you are incredibly passionate about being able to continue purchasing classic games on PS3 and PS Vita for the foreseeable future, so I'm glad we were able to find a solution to continue operations. I'm glad that we can keep this piece of our history alive for gamers to enjoy while we continue to create cutting-edge new game worlds for PS4, PS5, and the next generation of VR. Thank you for sharing your feedback with us. We're always listening and appreciate the support from our PlayStation community. Unquote. Okay, here's my big question. Like, I know the 360 store, like, I I don't even know if it's still live on Xbox, but, like, I... I don't understand how... I think it got rolled over, to be honest. Because I think you can buy stuff on, on the website, digitally. I, I mean, I don't know how many people are playing on their 360s still. And I don't know how many people are on the PS3 still. So it's another another question. But I just... what What is keeping them from keeping it, keeping it open? Like, I get, like, maybe marketing deals or, like, rights management and stuff. But I, I don't... I don't see how... If they can sell it on the new ones, they can't sell it on the old ones. And rights management, that digital rights is a weird, crazy, complicated thing. But I, I don't see how a storefront wouldn't, I, it can't be that hard to maintain it. I mean, really. Anyway, uh, Respawn Entertainment and EA have announced that Apex Legends will be getting a mobile version. Uh, beta details to come soon. Um, but it is now the next major Battle Royale game to hop into the mobile fray. Of course, both PUBG and Fortnite are already available on mobile. It was only really a matter of time before Apex made its way there. Also, if you are playing L.A. Noir or Max Payne on PC or, or have the PC version, well, you might be in luck as Rockstar has made the DLC for both titles free, free of charge for both. So if you are playing either of those and you never got the DLC or never wanted to pay for the DLC, well, you're in luck as now it's free. So you can go and get those now. And um, I don't know if it's a limited time or not, but, but both of those I'm sure will be a welcome addition to a lot of uh, Steam libraries and other uh, PC libraries with owners of those games. Uh, so a while back, we reported that Microsoft and Discord were in talks of, of possibly a merger or purchase or acquisition, of course, on, on Microsoft's part. Um, what's funny is they actually just bought like another company for like over $10 billion. Um, but But Discord has announced that they have ceased talks with Microsoft and are going to remain independent. Um and they are going to focus on maybe doing an IPO or a public offering. Um, this was per the Wall Street Journal. Discord has halted their talks with at least three companies. 
Um, Microsoft was ready to offer $10 billion for them, uh, but nothing happened with a deal. Uh, they also said, quote, could be rekindled in the future, unquote. And it was ready to close as soon as this month if it had gone through. But, yes, it just didn't reach what they were looking for. Um, I still, like, I have Discord. I don't really know how to use it. And it's been around since 2015. I did not know that. But it's it's valued at $7 billion. Uh, made $130, $130 million in revenue, which is crazy. But I just, I don't, like, I get it. I've used it a few times, but I do not know how to use it at all. Like, at all. And I'm not kidding. I I guess I'll learn one day, right? Maybe, maybe I don't know. I do not know. Um, in a industry-shaking, shattering move, I should say, Jeff Kaplan, the director behind Overwatch, has left Blizzard Entertainment and he's been there for almost 20 years. Um, he announced uh, through a letter, so 19 years, he said, quote, Greetings, Overwatch community. I'm leaving Blizzard Entertainment after 19 amazing years. It was truly the honor of a lifetime to have the opportunity to create worlds and heroes for such a pass passionate audience. I want to express my deep appreciation to everyone at Blizzard who supported our games, our game teams, and our players. But I want to say a special thanks to the wonderful game developers that shared in the journey of creation with me. Never accept the world as, as it appears to be. Always dare to see for what it could be. I hope you do the same. GG, Jeffrey Kaplan. So, which is crazy because, you know, Overwatch 2 is in development. Uh, this is not the first high-profile person to leave Blizzard in the last few years, which again is, is pretty crazy. And Aaron Keller, the develop, uh, director of Overwatch 2, who's taken over, uh, went on to say, quote, Jeff's been a great leader, mentor, and friend, and he knows how much we're going to miss him. I've been lucky to work alongside him and the rest of the Overwatch team for many years in building something that continues to inspire people all around the world, and I'm honored to carry the torch forward, unquote. Um, so Kaplan worked on World of Warcraft, um... He also worked on a lot of the other quests for the MMORPG. Uh, he was a game director on WoW. And then uh, while he worked on their unproduced game Titan, uh, he did then move that team over to create what would become Overwatch. Uh, and uh, was working on Overwatch 2. But that's that's pretty crazy. Uh, Keller did give a, a, a little bit longer of a, of a, a note. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see where Overwatch 2 goes without Jeff Kaplan, and it will see how Blizzard does without Jeff Kaplan. Uh, and uh, again, not the first major person to leave Blizzard in the last few months, so it'll be interesting to see how Blizzard's output continues in the future moving forward. Also, I don't know if you guys know this, there was a new, uh, like Apple had an event, this past week, uh, they announced like a new IMAX and, and some other nifty gadgets. But one of those things uh, was an announcement for a new iPad with its new M1 processor. Um, it will be able to support both the Xbox Series XS controllers and the PS5's DualSense, of all things. Uh, and including haptic feedback, which is, that's actually really fucking cool. 
Um, the iPod, iPad mark product marketing manager, Raja Bose, uh, was discussing how graphics work on it. And I guess this new processor allows for a new eight core GPU, which is pretty wild in itself on an iPad. And, uh, they said, quote, you can play the latest games with console quality graphics at super high frame rates. This raw performance, along with this ProMotion display, four speakers, and now support for the latest PlayStation or Xbox game controllers with haptics, makes playing games on iPad Pro insanely fun, unquote. But they did show DualSense on screen, and I guess developers will be able to use that if they want. But, I don't know. Oh, this is funny. Someone So they, they pointed out, IGN actually pointed out, the PlayStation 4 does not have uh, does not have native support for the DualSense, but the PS3 does, <laughs> which also begs the question: Why does the PS3 have native support for the DualSense, but the PlayStation 4 does not? Very interesting indeed. But this is an awesome announcement for for controllers because now that that Xbox uh, game or Xbox cloud gaming is coming to iOS devices. You don't have to fiddle faddle with any controllers or external controllers or anything to get it working on those devices. Also, um, PlayStation leaked a, a new feature called, I, I guess it's being called PlayStation plus video pass. Uh, it hasn't been officially announced. It was just leaked and people are like, um, what, what's this? I guess it's a movie and TV content service uh this was noted by uh spotted by video games chronicle uh vgc and uh, i guess it was on the playstation poland website of all places and it was said that uh, it had a banner at it said a new benefit quote a new benefit available for a limited time on playstation plus ps plus video pass it's a trial service that will run from today through tomorrow I guess for one day, the subscription benefit is available to PS Plus users in Poland. So maybe it might be a Poland-only thing. But it showed Venom, Zombieland 2, and Bloodshot. So those are all Sony movies. So maybe it's like a Sony streaming thing for just console owners. And I don't know. That's very strange. In D oh, wait. 42122... Oh, this would be for one year. Sorry. I hate European dates. So it would be 4-22-21. So tomorrow through uh, April 22nd of 2022. They do their dates backwards. It always throws me off. So it would be a one-year thing. Maybe it might be in Poland. Um, but I guess they're trying to up what the PS Plus includes. And it would include movies. But that still doesn't really offer good competition to what Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, which includes Xbox Live and, you know, access to hundreds of games, not uh, movies. Like, Sony needs to be working on something that can compete with Game Pass, not, not free movies. Don't get me wrong, free movies is cool, but not, like, a system seller. I don't know. And then... Uh, Jason Schreier, uh, second time we've mentioned him today. I, he's, I'm gonna have to char start charging him like a finder's fee or something. <laughs> but I'm kidding. That's a joke. But uh, I, he found out more news about 
the alleged Knights of the Old Republic remake. Um, even though it's, he's like, he said, quote, this is a public, this is public at this point. I've basically confirmed that Aspire, which is the company that has ported a bunch of Kodor, Kodor games, is working on the remake, unquote. Uh, Eurogamer then com- confirmed it. Uh, they also said, quote, while the developer is known for often releasing straight ports, work is currently underway to make the project more of a remake instead, unquote. Um, they, uh, Aspire was actually behind the PS4 and Switch versions of Star Wars, the old, uh, Star Wars Republic Commando, and it'll be interesting to see how it turns out, and how, since, uh, it's, port, don't get me wrong, port studios are solid studios, they do a lot of work for a lot of companies and, and bring a lot of good stuff to the table, and a lot of times they end up transitioning to full-on studios making their own games, and usually it's remakes, which is funnily enough, but they usually do well with remakes because they're so used to working with that, like, engine and the game itself and the mechanics of it, so it, it's it's almost like they're the perfect person to do it, and, and it, it really... Um, it really works in in their favor, so I I am willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, and I, I hope it turns out really well. Um, also today uh, today of all days, we got news that Tropico will be celebrating its twentieth anniversary this year. Uh, it's funny as I have the first Tropico game, and like then I have three, four, five, and six. Um, but they announced a twentieth anniversary celebration. Um, some new things were added to the game today, uh, and then they, uh, are teasing other 20th anniversary things to come throughout the year. So if you're a big fan of Tropico, El Presidente, this is the year to play. I'm excited to hop back in, because I haven't played in a little while, and I'm down for that. Um, Xbox Live Gold has also, uh, removed, uh or you no longer need Xbox Live Gold to play uh, free-to-play games on, on Xbox now. They did. They finally made good on, on their promise and, and removed the requirement for free-to-play games. And uh, it's, it's like over 20 games, so including, you know, uh, Apex Legends, Warzone, um, Rocket League, all those games um, are now free-to-play, and you do not need Xbox Live... Uh, any longer, uh, let me see if I can get a list of, uh, a good list of the games, um, and then our, we're going to talk about some big news today going on in, in Warzone in particular, uh, hold on, yes, so Destiny 2 is included because technically it's a free-to-play game, um, Rocket League, Apex Legends, Fortnite, uh, Warzone, and uh, quite a bit of, ga- uh, of games as well. Uh, so yeah, three on three freestyle, Aegis Wing, APB Reloaded. Do people even play that game? Apex Legend, Armored Warfare, Battle Ages, Battle Islands, Battle Islands Commanders, Bless Unleashed, Brawlhalla, uh, Warzone, Crackdown One and Two, Crimson Alliance, Crossout, Cursed, FOAD. Darwin Project, Dauntless, DC Universe Online, Dead or Alive 5, Last Round, Core Fighters, Dead or Alive 6, Core Fighters, Defiance 2050, Destiny 2, Doritos Crash Course, Dungeon Defenders 2, 
Enlisted, Eternal Card Game, Family Game Night, Fishing Planet, Fortnite, Galaxy Control Arena, Gems of War, Happy Wars, Harm's Way, Hawken, Hyperscape, Killer Instinct, Corgan, Minion Masters, Neverwinter, Outriders Demo, Paladins, Path of Exile, Fantasy Star Online 2, Phantom Dust, Pinball FX2, Prominence Poker, Realm Royale, Rec Room, Resident Evil Revelations 2, Roblox, Rocket League, Rogue Company, Skyforge, Smite, Space Lords, Spellbreak, Star Trek Online, Tech Wars Global Conflict, Terra, The Fourth Kings, Casino and Slots, Two Human Trove, Vigor, War Thunder, War Face, Warframe, World of Tanks, World of Warships, and Yaris. Yes, that is all the games right now, and of course, more will be free to play. Uh, any new free to play games will join that list when they release. And today's final bit of gaming news has to do with Call of Duty Warzone. And the Nuke event in Verdansk is finally live. It's uh, called Operation Rapid Sunder. And it is the end of Season 2. Um, it, it started with uh, essentially a zombie version of quads on the main map. Uh, which ended in, in a uh, essentially an explosion. So... Uh, you loaded in, and uh, pretty much everywhere was was radiated, and there was an exfil zone. But if you died, you turned into a zombie. Um, from there, uh, at five, then it went on to like a nighttime version of Rebirth Island um, with a new location. They they changed some things around, um, and yeah, so Verdansk has has been nuked essentially. So tomorrow, season three officially starts. A lot of people think that. They're either going to, uh, some people think we're going to get an 80s version of Verdansk. Um, others think, are hoping for a new map entirely. And essentially, Verdansk is gone. So the map we know it on, on, on Warzone is, is gone. It's dead. And it, it ended, there, there was literally a cutscene with a nuke wiping it out. So we don't know what, what's coming yet. Uh, the final bit of it will be tomorrow. Um, they did announce updates for for season three, and uh, that come like I said that comes tomorrow. Uh, new operators for zombies, including Captain Price, which I'm surprised they're adding him to zombies, but he looks way younger, so maybe it's an '80s version of Captain Price. So that's really cool. Uh, new weapons in zombies, new multiplayer maps in in um, in uh, uh, Cold War. And um, a new Warzone event called Hunt for Adler, a new score streak, and a whole lot of new things coming in multiplayer modes, things like that. And a Warzone map update, of course, is going to be the biggest. And they're adding a new operator called Wraith. Um, they haven't announced everything yet. Um, this is just the, the normal stuff. We still don't know everything about Season 3. Um, but hopefully it won't be long, and we'll know early tomorrow, if anything. And... Uh, that is it for gaming news today. So if you guys are playing Warzone, Verdansk is gone. I think it's only Rebirth Island for the time being. Um, so let's talk about TV. Uh, how about this? You guys like South Park? Well, if you like South Park and you like Adidas, you might want to be on the lookout for these. They have announced an official partnership, and you can get your hands on some towel shoes. You always bring a towel. Yes, the, the pot-smoking towel from South Park is getting his own set of Adidas sneakers with his face on them. So, 
you like that that's that's a thing i don't even know um and then uh, we got some casting news for the last of us um gabriel luna of agents of shield and terminator uh dark fate fame has joined the cast as uh the brother of uh, uh um pedro pascal's character uh i can't think of that joel is uh he, he'll be playing the, the brother of joel uh and hopefully that uh show fans of the show won't have to wait too long um i think because they said that they're gonna start filming this year if i'm not mistaken because i think they've already f- uh, started filming mandalorian season three so no word on that um in other zombie related show news uh, apparently discussions are being had at amc with jeffrey dean morgan about a possible negan focused spinoff of the walking dead i know uh, negan is a fan favorite character uh, he's been spoofed plenty of times by by many different people and i'm uh, i'm sure they'd, they'd have a hit with that if they wanted to do it uh, and then we got more news about the um essentially the batman spin-off show that's coming to hbo max uh there was a showrunner he left over creative differences uh, so it's it's going to be called Gotham PD. Uh, apparently, it's going to be focusing on James Gordon. So I guess it's just Fox's Gotham, just different. Uh, they're going to apparently focus on the Gotham Central comic from Greg Rucka and Ed Brubaker from from the early '80s. Oh, sorry, from 2002. I don't know how I got that confused. And I I guess Brubaker was on Fat Man Beyond the Kevin Smith podcast and said, "quote." I was like, maybe they're really going to make Gotham Central this time. And so I reached out to a producer who works for Matt Reeves, and he says, no, that's not really Gotham Central. They're making sure that they don't call it Gotham Central, and it's more of a spinoff from the movie. It's like James, the James Gordon show, unquote. So maybe they will, maybe they won't. Uh, it's going to serve as a prequel to the film, and I guess Matt Reeves is, is producing it. They don't have a current uh, showrunner, is now Joe Barton. Um, he worked for the BBC and Netflix. Um, he also wrote the, the film, The Ritual. I guess maybe Jeffrey Wright will be in the show. We don't know yet. Maybe it'll be young Jeffrey Wright. Um, and, and previously, uh, it was going to be run by Terrence Winter, but he dropped out for creative differences. So we don't know a whole lot yet about the show, um, but I guess it's going to be James Gordon focused, uh, as opposed to maybe just focusing on, on Gotham cops. Um, also Netflix announced that Castlevania will be ending with season four. Um, but they have announced that the, the anime will get a spinoff series, uh, that ties into Castlevania lore as a whole. Um, moving over to DC shows for a minute here. So Dominic, Dominic Purcell, uh, who plays as Mick Rory or Heatwave on Legends of Tomorrow, formerly of The Flash, um, uh, announced a while back that he was not going to be doing Season 7 of Legends of Tomorrow. Um, but he has gone on to say that... Um, oh. Uh, I don't know. Some things changed, actually, in, in the meantime. Um he he came out and essentially said that uh like he couldn't find a deal uh, he couldn't get a deal with the studio and he said this is quote and it's been deleted now 
uh, he said, quote, deal isn't done. I've, I have no interest. Whatever cash they throw on the corporate level, I'm walking away from CW Legends of Tomorrow. It's been a total pleasure and a humbling experience bringing DC Comics iconic character Heatwave, a.k.a. Mick Rory, to life. I smashed this character. Not an actor in the world could have done better. Fact. Such a funny, I think, cunt. Time to move on and see how shit unfolds. Katie Lloyd's Nick Zano look after the kids coming through. They need education. They are a number. Teach them to not rely on loyalty from the studio. The studio does not care. The actor's work ethic and talent must give the, them the confidence to question authority. Much love to all. It's not lost on me how very fortunate I am. Actors hit me up on DM. Well, it looks like the tables have turned. Uh, because he went on to say now, quote... And nobody has forced me to make this statement. God would everyone chill the fuck out. Why are people losing their mind because I'm leaving the show? Yes, my tone was heavy, straight to the point. I use cuss words because I do, and I'm Australian. It's who I am. Do I have a beef with the studio at Warner Brothers TV? No. Yes, I said they don't care. That's not correct. Of course they do. Just me being emotional and overstuff. We work. We all work in a big machine. Sometimes shit happens. It's life. Here are the facts. I'm le leaving Legends of Tomorrow on a full-time basis. I will come back periodically with a handshake deal with my boss, Phil Klemmer. I've always had a tremendous relationship with the bosses in the studio, Warner Brothers TV. Peter Roth and I had a tremendous working relationship. I was super sad when he retired. My wording was aggressive in tone because sometimes I get frustrated and annoyed. It's been a long, heavy year locked up in Vancouver for nine months without going home. Who doesn't and who hasn't lashed out? I'm fucking human, so for God's sake, chill on. Dominic Purcell and the studio are beefing. Total bullshit. It's simply not true. The press always turns shit into what it's not. I haven't quit. My contract is up. Six years, not seven. I've never quit on a contract and never would. So to all the fans, you'll see me again next year on Season 7 periodically. I hope this is clarified stuff. I must admit I was freaked the fuck out on how much press I got or this got worldwide. But hey, CW Legends of Tomorrow hasn't ever got as much press ever. Stoked. <laughs> so, uh, so he deleted the original post and I guess he went on to say this. So either no one pressured him or his agent was like, you fix this shit right now. You'll never work again. <laughs> um, Hey, Mick Rory's probably the, one of the few reasons I still watch Legends of Tomorrow. He's a great character, even though he's, he went from being a villain to this gruff, ridiculous caricature of, of a character. Uh, of course he, he, played on the show with Wentworth Miller, who he spent years uh, uh, teaming up with on, on Prison Break. So great camaraderie there. Uh, of course, he stuck around Wentworth as Captain Cold is gone. Um, honestly, he's one of the best characters on the show. If you guys haven't watched Legends of Tomorrow, yes, it's cheesy, but honestly, that's the best appeal. After this first season, things totally changed around and it just got way better. And... Like I said, if you haven't watched Legends of Tomorrow, it's definitely worth a watch. Yes, I know it's the CW superhero shows, but those shows are actually really good. The Flash is really good. I love Arrow, even though some people say it started to dip in quality. A little. I'm not going to lie, a little. But like I said, The Flash is still going strong. I don't care about Batwoman. Black Lightning is really good. And and I, I know a lot of people are loving Superman and Lois. Uh, but Legends of Tomorrow is just, it's great because it doesn't take itself too seriously. And it's like, you don't get that with a lot of superhero stuff all the time. And it's its its a breath of fresh air, if you ask me. So I'm, I'm happy 
Uh, he was able to work whatever was going on out, and he will be back at least in some capacity for the next season. Um, we also found out that I guess there was almost a 90s Daredevil show. Uh, apparently, so I, I, some of you guys might know this, but back in the 80s, there was like Hulk movies that they did that were a continuation of like the Lou Ferrigno show from like the 70s. And, and one of them had an appearance by like Daredevil and Wilson Fisk, who was actually, you know, Kingpin, played by Jonathan Rhys Davies from Indiana Jones fame and, and Lord of the Rings fame. And NBC was going to produce the show. But when they found out that CBS was making The Flash, CBS was like, nah, we're going to be the only superhero show on TV. They paid NBC to can't to not make the show. How wild is that? We could have had a Daredevil show back in like 1990-91. Like, like how crazy would that have been? Granted, Marvel's output back then wasn't the greatest. Um, granted, The Flash didn't really go anywhere either. It was... I don't even think it made a full season back then, uh, the John Wesley ship show. So <laughs> it, it's, it's funny to hear stories like this and then just think of what like kind of alternate future there, there could have, could have been. And, um, it, it's just a, uh, it's a funny thing to think about and, and how the world would have been different if uh, the Daredevil show had been made and not The Flash. <laughs> That's funny. What a wild world that could have been. We probably never would have gotten the, the Netflix Daredevil. That's for dang sure. And Jonathan Restavis might not have been in Lord of the Rings. Who knows? Who knows? Nobody knows. Anyway, uh, we have gotten some news about the Secret Invasion Marvel show. Uh, Oscar winner Olivia Coleman, also most recently known as playing Queen Elizabeth on The Crown, and Amelia Clark have both joined the show in undisclosed roles. One would assume that they're not going to be playing scrolls and have their faces hidden under makeup. Um, uh, also, an interesting thing is going on in Star Trek fandom right now is uh, Michael Dorn, most most famously known for playing, you know, Commander Worf on Star Trek: The Next Generation, and as well as Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Uh, recently tweeted out that that Starfleet calls back to work or something like that, um, but he he included Star Starfleet calls, hinting at either appearing in something related to Star Trek, um, be it Picard season two. Some people think that a uh, some kind of Deep Space Nine thing is in the works, um, and, and of course speculation abound, right? Well, it turns out that maybe he isn't, um, because Paramount quickly came out and said that, uh, yeah, no, this isn't a, a Star Trek thing on Paramount Plus or anything else. So now a lot of people are very confused as to why he would say that. And then Paramount come out and say, no, no, that's not happening. So someone's lying here. Someone's trying to commit subterfuge and, and do a misdirect. Or none of this is true. So I'm really confused by the whole thing myself. And 
uh, says he's been summoned by Starfleet. Then, you know, Paramount says no. So, I don't know what's going on. The other thing that, that's confusing people is on his tweet. So, the, his tweet says, just got the news, being summoned back into action, Starfleet calls. Then he did hashtag ad, meaning some kind of advertisement, advertisement. Um, Paramount Plus then, or Paramount went on to say that, quote, this has nothing to do with the Star Trek universe on Paramount Plus original series. So, no one knows what the hell's going on. Maybe he's doing something for um, a, a game, maybe something for a, a promotional product, but it, it'll be interesting to see what comes of this because we don't know yet i'd just be happy to have him back in picard that's where he should be or hell if they do like a continuation of deep space nine i'll fucking take that too heck yeah dude let's let's get let's get wharf back bring real klingons back tired of this bullshit klingon shit and discovery um anyway uh ava duvernay who's you know moved over uh, who does a lot of stuff, um, you know, was supposed to make the New Gods movies, and uh, that got canceled, of course, um, has signed on to with Netflix to make a animated dragon show based on a, a young adult series about a warring dragon tribes. Yeah, okay, yeah, you go from New Gods to Netflix animated. Cool, that's a, that's a big shift. <laughs> I don't know how that would work exactly, but anyway... Um, so over on the MCU, as we know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, will end this week, um, for its first season, uh, final episode is Friday, uh, and Loki is, is not far behind, but, um, speaking with IndieWire, uh, or IndieWire found out that some of the shows were submitted to Emmy Awards, uh, I guess Falcon and the Winter, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier were submitted to the drama series category. And WandaVision was submitted to limited or anthology series. Um, so uh, this went on to some people uh, reaching out to Marvel Studios VP of Production and Development, Nate Moore. And while he didn't say that Falcon and Winter Soldier would get a season two, uh, he said, quote, absolutely want to leave it open. So full quote is, uh, quote, we've definitely kicked around ideas because we always like to keep thinking about where things can go. But we also, frankly, in the crush of the pandemic, were just trying to finish the show and make sure it got out in a timely manner. Hopefully at the end of the season you will see a potential for what we could tell in a subsequent season. Uh, Indie Wire then went on to ask him more. He said, quote, uh, That one, that comes to mind, and that probably isn't a secret. I think there's a lot of storytelling in Loki. That's really irreverent and clever and cool, but also lends itself to multiple seasons in a way where it's not a one-off. Um, uh, he also said, quote, I think WandaVision is a show you can only do once. She can't go back into that reality, unquote. So it pretty much confirms that while WandaVision is probably a one-off and we're probably not going to get a season two of WandaVision, don't necessarily close the door on multiple seasons of Loki or the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or possibly, you know, continuation in film form. Um, just because... While the production level on those, on at least Falcon and Winter Soldier so far is, is very good in movie quality, 
that there is definitely room for a season two, uh, be it with Baron Zemo, uh, you know, with Sharon Carter, whatever's going to happen with, with whatever happens in the final episode. We don't know totally, but there's definitely more stories to tell with Sam, with Bucky, and, and of course with John Walker, um, who essentially went nutso last week. Um, so we'll see how all that moves forward uh, with the MCU, you know, with them producing both films and television shows. Um, also announced, so Hilary Duff, now that she's essentially not doing the Lizzie McGuire continuation at Disney Plus because it was turning into a, too much of an adult show, apparently. She's apparently signed a deal with Hulu, who's also owned by Disney, uh, to to star in a How I Met Your Father spinoff. Yes, How I Met Your Father spinning off of How I Met Your Mother, uh, and it's coming to Hulu. Let's hope it doesn't end as poorly as uh, How I Met Your Mother. Uh, and then the fans' prayers have been answered. LeVar Burton will guest host on Jeopardy. Um, they an, an announced today by NBC that um, Burton, along with some other people, will co-host the show. Um, he tweeted out some things, but Jeopardy said, we can finally tell you, here's the final group of guest hosts to close out season 37. Robin Roberts, George Stephanopoulos, David Farber, Joe Buck, and LeVar Burton. So LeVar Burton is stoked. Um, people of course are hoping that he will become the permanent replacement for Alex Trebek, who sadly passed away last year. And then before we move on to, to movies, I did want to talk about uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier for last week's episode. A uh, little spoiler there about, about Walker. And honestly, it had one of the most heartfelt and most poignant, relevant shows, episodes, I did not expect to see coming. Um, you know, it it, it has a, a big, big thing about race in America and heroes and government and how they treat uh, how they treat black soldiers, especially Isaiah Thomas, who was in theory the second Captain America, but one nobody knew about, uh, one who was imprisoned after they gave him a super serum. Uh, of course, talking about Sam and and how he could take over, and about people caring and how they would treat him. Bucky even makes a point, like uh, you know, um, Steve and I never thought about what it would mean giving it to to a black man. Uh, and, and it's just there's a lot of of interesting things going on and, and questions that are raised and yes the MCU has always had a somewhat close line with reality um, I'm sure a lot of people won't like their political messaging but it, it fits the show it really does because how you know Sam questioning about becoming a potentially Captain America and of course by the end of the episode. We know what's really happening. We'll see what happens next week, though. Um, more wrinkles are, are now throwing around, being thrown around Sharon Carter, who apparently is is helping, first off, helping Batroc, and, of course, and helping Carly, of all people. So more, uh, so Sharon is in league with the villain of the show. Um, Zemo is, is out of the picture at this point. Um, but it, it, it's nice to see the bonding of, of Bucky and Sam in, in a way we didn't expect. So we'll, we'll see how things go. The John Walker thing's going to play out 
very interestingly as well. I can't wait to see how that goes um, in this episode and how it affects Phase 4 as a whole. And then, of course, we got the most surprise cameo, one I did not expect. Julia Louis-Dreyfus is now a member of the MCU, um, playing a character that in the comics at one point was um, Lady Hydra. Uh, from what I can see, though, it don't read too much into that, um, just because that character is usually more heroic than anything. Um, she also, uh, the character she plays also, oh, so she's actually going to be in Black Widow. So remember, this Black Widow was supposed to come out before this movie. So I'm sure we'll we'll learn a little bit more in, in that. Um, but she plays a character called Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Um, she played a girlfriend to Nick Fury at one point. Uh, she's a Contessa. And she's not necessarily a villain. But she's not necessarily a bad guy or a, a good guy either. So, I, I, it'll be interesting to see how everything plays out. But most of the time, she is a mem, uh, an agent of Shield. So it's it's not, um, it's not anything that we should read too much into her. She might be a villain. She might be con related to Hydra and the MCU, we don't know. Because, again, they, they always kind of change things up. But it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out and where her character goes. But I, I, I am very interested to see what the final episode is this Friday, and, of course, we'll talk about it next week. All right, on to movies now. Uh, so Scream 5 is, is releasing later this year. Uh, and it's been confirmed that apparently it has been filmed, uh, multiple scripts have been given to the stars, and multiple endings have been filmed to avoid spoilers getting out, which is the most meta thing and the most scream thing ever, if you ask me. And then uh, it also came out that Mads Mikkelsen has joined the cast of Indiana Jones 5, and if he's not, I, I mean... I'm sure he's playing a villain, but hopefully not, because, you know, he always plays a villain, except in Rogue One, and he deserves to, you know, have some more heroic stuff. So, hopefully he's not playing the villain, even though he more than likely will be playing the villain. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's almost a guarantee. Um, anyway, uh, the Predator screenwriters have... Uh, sought to regain control of the Predator franchise. So, um, per deadline, Dis Disney is, is suing back as well. So Jim and John Tonnet, Thomas have uh, filed a lawsuit um, attempting to prematurely terminate 20th Century's rights to the Hunter screenplay, which turned into Predator, uh, the Predator franchise. So... Um, this is the new brief that came from Disney. It says, quote, defendants notices to fail, notices fail to comply with these statutory requirements are invalid as a matter of law. Uh, 20th Century seeks a declaration pursuant to 28 USC 2201 that defendants notices of termination are invalid. This action is necessary because defendants are improperly attempting to prematurely terminate 20th Century's rights to the Hunter screenplay at the very time that 20th Century is investing substantial time, money, and effort into developing another installment in its successful Predator franchise. 
Um, but anyway, Jim and John Thomas wrote, uh, you know, what became 1987's Predator. Uh, they filed a lawsuit, and this is per Hollywood Reporter. Uh, they filed it in California and claimed that Disney, the company that owns 20th Century Fox, is getting in their way. Uh, so it has to do with copyright law termination, uh, which states that after about 35 years for newer works, the original authors of a property can cancel transfers and end a studio's hold on a franchise. Um, this has happened over the Terminator franchise, Die Hard. Um, those are coming up on their 35th anniversaries. Um, Disney has been planning a Predator reboot in, in, lately, um, but the brothers first filed this in 2016. Um, their script, which was called Hunters, was written originally in 1986. This is the 35th anniversary of that. Um, and they are seeking a, what's called a declaratory relief and are represented uh, by a couple different lawyers, um, one of which who won a similar case with the writers of Friday. Um, we'll see if this actually plays out. Friday the 13th has, has faced things like this, so... Um, I, I don't know how that works, especially if the new owners are trying to invest in it. I don't know why they would try to take it back. Obviously, they didn't really do anything with the franchise afterwards, so we'll see how that goes. Um, also, so Alfred Molina was being interviewed by, uh, I guess, Variety, and they asked him about his upcoming roles including of one which he got very talkative about his role in Spider-Man Far uh, No Way Home. Of course, he could be lying, and Disney told him to say this, um, but he said, quote, it was very interesting going back after 17 years to play the same, same role, given that in the intervening years, I have two chins, a waddle, a crow's feet, and a slightly dodgy lower back, uh, he said. Um, so it said, quote, in this universe, no one really dies. Um... Unquote. Apparently, John Watts told him, quote, that it will pick up uh, from that moment, unquote. Apparently from the one, uh, the ending of Spider-Man 2. And he said, quote, they made Robert De Niro's face younger in The Irishman, but when he was fighting, he looked like an older guy. He looked like an old guy. That's what worried me about doing it again, unquote. So, let me think. I mean, he did say, quote, the arms are doing all the killing and smashing and breaking, unquote. So talking about Spider-Man 2, because he didn't really have to do much. It was always, it was all the mechanical arms. But he's essentially confirming that he is the Doc Ock from Spider-Man 2 and not an MCU version of it. His comment about the same role. So we'll see, though, of course, if this turns out to be true or if this is just deflecting or a way to confuse and send people down a different trail. But maybe this confirms that it is the, the confirmation of the multiverse. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. Um, kind of circling back to, you know, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, Wyatt Russell is, is in it and plays John... Um, oh, God, I can't think of John. I can't think of his name. His character's name. Anyway, it, Wyatt Russell, um, or the new Captain America. Uh, Wyatt Russell's the son of Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. And he was being interviewed, and, and they asked him, like, would you play Snake Plissken in a uh, Escape from L.A. reboot? And he just straight up was like, no. There's only one man who plays Snake, and it's like my dad. Like, He's like, that would be career suicide if I do that. Like, don't ask him. He's not going to play Snake Plissken. He's not going to take over a role that, that, of course, his father made famous and got famous playing. 
Um, that's funny. Uh, we also got our first trailer for Shang-Chi. Um, I only say that because that's how Kevin Feige said it when, when they announced the movie and things like that. And it's definitely the most non-looking Marvel movie that that I've ever seen. It's got a lot of very, very uh, Chinese cinema influence in it. Like It's got a lot of scenes that look straight out of like Crouching Tiger, which looks really cool. And Aquafina's in it and plays a really fun comic relief character. I'm excited for that. I, I like Aquafina. And it's got this really cool, like, mystical stuff going on. And then, of course, we get our first look at the real Mandarin. Not the fake Mandarin played by, you know, Ben Kingsley in Iron Man 3, but the real Mandarin who looks to be somewhat immortal. Uh, and it will possibly tie into the Ten Rings and, and their cosmic power as they, they are from, from the you know, the comics, I'm sure they'll have some bit of it. Uh, they teased a bit of it with some kind of like supernatural fight with like Chinese mythical creatures and stuff. I'm stoked to see this movie. Uh, and it comes out in September. The trailer's out now. Uh, it looks, it looks, it's like, like I said, it's the most non-looking Marvel film, which, which is always a good thing. Um, we've also got confirmation that The Flash has started filming. Um, uh, it also came with the release of a new logo for the film. And, of course, also final confirmation that Michael Keaton is returning to play Bruce Wayne Batman in some capacity. Uh, his publicist did confirm after he was he was kind of back and forth on the role with the pandemic and everything like that. But it is confirmed that he will film scenes as Batman once again uh, just over 30 years or, sorry, because uh, he was Batman Returns, which is 92, I think. Let me see. So, yes, so by the time it comes out, it'll have been 30 years since he last portrayed the Caped Crusader Batman on film. Uh, ben Affleck is also expected to reprise his role as Bruce Wayne Batman as well. I'm more stoked about Michael Keaton, though. I'm stoked on that. I'm, I'm digging this multiverse approach that they're taking. And then in what I am like very shocked to hear, but um, I, I guess we're getting another Rock'em Sock'em Robots movie, which I thought Real Steel was. Uh, but Vin Diesel is going to star in this one. And this is going to be really Rock'em Sock'em Robots, not some like off-brand like Real Steel. Why? Why are we getting a Rock'em Sock'em Robots movie? I I don't I don't understand that at all. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. Uh. So we also got news on who is going to be directing the Spider into the Spider Verse sequel. Uh, it has been announced that Sony Pictures. So Sony Pictures has announced a, a new directing trio. Uh, Joaquin Dos Santos, Kemp Powers, and Justin K. Thompson will um, will be directing the film. It will be written by, uh, you know, the Phil Lord and Chris Miller are returning to write it. Um, they're also teaming up with David Callaham uh, to write it as well, who actually wrote Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Um, they went on to say that, quote, uh, this is Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Quote, we are so lucky to have Joaquin, Justin, and Kemp on the Spider-Verse team. We are huge fans of Joaquin's work. He makes his characters so heartfelt and unique, and he can tell an emotional story 
with an action sequence the way a musical does through a song. Justin is a maverick filmmaker who relentlessly pursues, pursues visual innovation and surprise, but always in support of the emotion, emotional storytelling. Kemp's work is incisive and ambitious and funny, with a writer's wisdom and a director's heart. He just knows what matters is every in every scene. All three of them elevate every project they take on, and they are certainly raising our game. We honestly just like them. We want to be their friends, and we're hoping to work on this movie together for the next few years. We'll totally make that happen, unquote. Um, and a lot of them have been doing a lot of, uh, a lot of different things, of course. So, uh, just to kind of go over their work, uh, Powers, um, for, was not mostly recently nominated for an Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay for his movie One Night in Miami. Um, he adapted from his own screenplay. Uh, he also co-directed Soul from Pixar, again, another Oscar nod for him. So, he also wrote the first season of Star Trek Discovery, so he knows what he's doing. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Uh, Dos Santos and Thompson are both mainstays at Sony Pictures Animation. Uh, Dos Santos worked on The Legend of Korra and Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, he also did G.I. Joe Resolute. Thompson uh, worked on the first Spider-Verse and also worked on the, the Cloudy with a Chance of Meatball movies. Um, so this way, uh, it's their first directorial debut. I cannot wait for Into the Spider-Verse 2. Hopefully it doesn't take as long to make. Um, and now that they have the technology to do that, like, comic-looking movie, it won't be, uh, too hard to do. Um, and then final bit of to movie news today, just happened today, Sony and Disney have finally reached a deal about getting Spider-Man movies on Disney+, Plus. um, as you are probably well aware of, you cannot watch any Spider-Man Marvel movies on Disney+, Plus, where... They essentially belong. Um, it, it came out, so they signed a deal. And so theatrical releases from 2022 to 2026 will appear on Disney streaming services and cable services. Um, so you might be able to finally watch them in, on Disney+. Plus. The only thing is it will always be after Netflix. So last week we talked about Sony signed a major deal with Netflix about streaming. Uh, that starts next year. Um, so after, uh, starting next year, Sony's movie, re theatrical release movies will go into theaters, obviously. They'll go to home video, then they will, will appear on Netflix about nine months after theaters, they say. Um, and then after that, they will be able to go to Disney+. Plus. So, oh, someone said it's like in the 80s and 90s when it would be in a theater, then it would go to video, then it would go to HBO... And then after that, you'd see it on TV with commercials. So it's going to go to Netflix first and then Disney Plus. Um, and then, of course, on, on Disney-owned TV channels. So probably FX, FX Movies, where you see a lot of things like that. So, And that's for movies from 2022 to 2026. Um, it might include back catalog. So Disney will get the rights... Uh, to some things as early as June, showing up as showing up on Jumanji, uh, sorry, Jumanji, showing up on Hulu. Um, so that means it could be Jumanji, Hotel Transylvania, and other movies. Um, so again, Sony Pictures was formerly Columbia Pictures, so they've been making movies for 
quite a while, right? Um, you, you got Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Ghost, the original Ghostbusters, Karate Kid, Men in Black, the Bad Boys movies. So there's a whole lot of stuff that could be coming. Um, but the back catalog will most likely be on Hulu. Not necessarily, a lot of that stuff isn't going to go on Disney+. Plus. Um, but hopefully Spider-Man Homecoming and Far From Home will end up on the service eventually. Uh, of course, after they have been on Netflix. Um, but that's it for, for the news this week. Um, hopefully we'll talk about Mortal Kombat next week. I'm hoping to go see it this weekend. Uh, we'll talk about the finale of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And, of course, any other big news that might drop between tomorrow and next Wednesday. Thank you guys for listening. I am, of course, your host, Nick. As always, check out nicksnerdnews.com where you can listen to the show right in your browser. Uh, or if you prefer, you can uh, find our Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Co- Podcast pages. And there's links right there on the website. Um, that way you can listen on the go. You can share, subscribe, things like that. Also, while you're there, check out our social media tab where you can find links to our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages. Uh, post a lot of funny memes. And of course, uh, you don't have to follow us on each of them. You can see them all in one place. Or you can follow us on your preferred social media of choice. Uh, with that being said, thank you guys for listening. And I will catch you all on the flip side.